Hello. Now, you're probably all expecting a brand new episode. And don't worry, that is coming next week. In the meantime, why don't you listen to our first ever episode? Now, if you've binge listened to Rough Giraffe, then it probably wasn't long since you heard the first episode. But if you've been with us since the beginning, it could be nearly two years since you heard this. Mum has been practicing her editing techniques and she has taken the first episode and edited out all of the things that we said that were quite of the time, maybe things that wouldn't translate well two years down the line and has produced an episode which is about 20 minutes long but it's really interesting to listen back to how we were back then. The editing on my part wasn't fantastic. The audio is a little dodgy but I think as a snippet of what was going on right back at the beginning of the life of the podcast, it's really interesting to hear. So whilst you're eagerly awaiting the next episode, which is going to be about psychiatry, psychology and the history of madness, why not have a listen to the very first episode of Rough Giraffe? For us, Rough Giraffe is a passion project but it does cost money to run we have the fees from the podcast hosting site we have merchandise and I take many many hours every week editing so if you think that we've improved and listening to this one you hopefully will think we've improved we would appreciate it if you could become a patron on patreon and you can find us at patreon.com forward slash rough giraffe. There we will be posting bonus content, lots of extra features, giving away merchandise and giving you a chance to be on an episode of Rough Giraffe. So you can donate as little as $1 a month and not only will your money help pay for the running costs of the podcast, but... It will also help mum feed the million stray cats that have suddenly started invading her flat. I think Kipper may have put out a notification on the Spanish Cats Facebook page to say, hey, pop over to mum's and she'll feed you. I think it got a little bit out of hand. Anyway, there's lots of things on the first this first episode that you were going to recognise. We've got uh, Guess Who's Not Coming to Dinner. We've got... Kipper, but there are a few things that have not continued, such as medical madness and commuter tales. I think you'll enjoy it. Have a listen, and next week we'll have a brand new episode for you. Okay, ciao for now. Or as Kipper says, meow for now. Well, hello, Stacey. Hello, Mum. This is our first attempt properly at a podcast, Rough Giraffe. I'm hoping people will enjoy it. I hope so too. We've got lots to talk about, so let's get started. Deep from the jungle of the African Congo To the concrete jungle of the garden bungalow You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs Making a podcast called Rapture Rap. 
So have we got any news of April the giraffe? Has she had that baby yet? Okay, so I'm just checking on Google and it looks like April the giraffe still has not given birth. She is due to any moment and has a live webcam feed through YouTube so that you can watch the moment it happens. As soon as the baby falls out of her, Everyone around the world will be able to witness it live. It reminds me of when Prince William and Kate were having baby George. Everyone was speculating about when the baby would be born. But this is with giraffes. And I don't remember there being a live webcam feed on Kate when she was giving birth. <laughs> so maybe it's not like that at all. There's been another giraffe born in Denver. And his name's Dobby. Right. I mean, the zookeepers didn't even know she was pregnant. The mum had managed to hide it really well. She was wearing baggy jumpers and just telling people, oh, it's just a little bit of winter weight. I'll get rid of it in the summer. (laughs) And then out pops Dobby. And everyone's like, oh, a baby giraffe in real life. Not on the telly. Now, let's go back and look at April. I mean, we should really be satisfied with the fact we've already got now a, a new baby giraffe. But no, we want to actually see it with our own eyes, all the slime and dirt. We want to actually see that baby fall out of April. So with all these giraffe pregnancies, I thought this week's fact would be about giraffe mating. Are you ready? Yes. Then I'll play the jingle. I know nothing about giraffes. Then listen to these facts about giraffes. Facts. About giraffes, facts about giraffes, facts about giraffes, facts about giraffes. Before they mate, the male giraffe, he rubs the buttocks of the female giraffe with his neck. And then she does a little wee in his mouth and he gargles it around a bit and if it's got all the right hormones in he then licks her tail and if she fancies him she's like all right then she assumes the position if she doesn't like the look of him she just walks away and goes and find another male's mouth to wee in it's a bit disgusting but i also think it's fascinating that the male giraffes can detect the hormones guess who isn't coming to dinner This is the part of the podcast where we have to guess who's not coming to dinner. I've scoured the obituaries and every week I will give you a clue as to a famous person. I'm going to have to try and guess who it is. So here is the first guess who's not coming to dinner. He was the son of a grocer and at the age of five... He decided he was an atheist. He worked in a bank for four years and then went into television and was very irritated by the fact that his face was so famous he could no longer go into the pub. He landed his first show for the BBC in 1974. He also worked in radio. He had a record in the charts that reached number 21 and he wrote two memoirs, Is It Me? in 2000 and Mustn't Grumble in 2006. He received a knighthood in 2005. I I think I do know who that one is, but I won't say, and we'll leave it to our listeners to get in contact with us on Twitter, at Rough Giraffe Pod, to let us know who they think that might be, and we'll give you the answer next week. 
I've asked our followers on Twitter, of which we have 10 already. I'm going to ask you the same question and see if your answer matches up to theirs. Okay, so you don't know what the question is that I've asked, do you? No. Okay, so although we've got 10 followers, we actually had 12 votes in this poll. So the question is, what is the most difficult quiz on TV? Now, do you think you can guess what choices were given? Let me think. I would say University Challenge. Yes. Mastermind. Yes. And um, was Family Fortunes in there? (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me... (laughs) Don't make me laugh. I've still got my chest inflection. (laughs) I would say then, University Challenge, Mastermind, and my favourite is Connect Connect (laughs) 4. Connect 4. Not Connect 4. Only Connect. (laughs) Okay, that makes a bit more sense. I didn't realise they put Connect 4 on TV. Although they have shows like The Tipping Point, which is basically the amusements... 2p machine on tv so i wouldn't be surprised if connect four was the next thing to make it Uh, the choices were university challenge mastermind and only connect in that order because that's how they appear now on a friday night because there's nothing like sitting in watching quizzes on a friday night and then maybe getting drunk waking up on a saturday morning and they're repeated again and suddenly you think oh my god i'm so much more intelligent after a few beers it's almost as if the answers are coming to me from the heavens but no you watched it last night and forgot about it what which do you think is the most difficult quiz if i watch mastermind Mm. i can answer generally more than 10 questions right yes and i think it's getting easier as well so then if i watch university challenge Mm -hmm. i may answer four or five questions right and fluke a couple of others just by randomly shouting a number i love university challenge because they have some really interesting or kooky or nerdy contestants on there there's been one recently i can't remember which university he's with but he's called monkman and he answers all his questions by shouting it's very funny if i watch can i was going to say connect for again (laughs) if i watch only connect then i am really happy if i just managed to get one section of the wall done so i think that's that's the order then easiest to hardest mastermind university challenge and connect for <laughs> and only connect and you are correct with 75 percent of the votes only connect is the most difficult uh, university challenge got 25 percent of the votes and mastermind got zero if I was on Mastermind, my specialist subject would have to be something that I deal with every day, I suppose. My life revolves around my work, which is urology, but my other specialist subjects would be beer or cats. So if I was doing urology, I'd probably do it about catheters through history. Okay. Did you know, for example, that up until the 11th century, 
People would use straw or even onion leaves as catheters because they were hollow. And then in the 11th century, they started using metals and and usually used silver because uh, it has some antiseptic properties. Is that true? My God, we know some useless information between us. So that's the poll for this week. Uh, We should set one for next week. Would you like to pick a subject? Um, I thought we can have, what's your favourite biscuit? Okay, that's fine, we can do that. Now, it is said that um, a lot can be told from a person by the type of biscuit they eat. What you need to know is if I have a biscuit, it's a packet of biscuits. Yeah, you're not really one for a single biscuit, are you? I would like to offer three candidates for best biscuit candidates this is like the biscuit apprentice uh no i know everybody will have their best biscuit so i don't know whether you should make this an open vote or we just choose from my three favorites well a multiple choice question would be much easier and we should choose from yours i think okay my three favorite biscuits are in no particular order hobnobs a classic for dipping in tea yeah ginger nuts they have to be perfectly crisp though got to be super crunchy for a ginger nut because if they get a little bit of sogginess in them they're almost inedible so what's your third choice the old malted milk oh they're okay to me they're a baby's biscuit just imagine them sucking on one for three hours thank you I will have you know that malted milk is not baby food. Although, I remember that if you put four malted milk biscuits into some hot milk and put them in the blender, it does taste like Horlicks. Oh, I have to say that sounds revolting. Have you tried it with any other biscuits, like ginger nuts or hobnobs? I have never tried it with ginger nuts, or in that case, hobnobs. I have... Just bought myself a smoothie maker, though, so I could be trying that. (laughs) A smoothie maker is meant so that you can consume them more easily. My favourite biscuit is probably a Shrewsbury biscuit or a Garibaldi, something that's got some hard currants in it. But I don't suppose they lend themselves uh, well to being smoothed or smoothied, whatever the term is. So if you'd like to tweet us, is that right? Tweet us on Twitter, at Rough Giraffe Pod, and I'll use the hashtag Poll of the Week, P-O-L-L, and you can vote on which is your favourite biscuits of mum's choice. There you go. And also let us know what you think. Uh, we take cruel criticism, <laughs> oh, like water off duck's back. Indeed. Just to know someone's there would be lovely. Yeah, so remember the choices are hobnob, ginger nut and malted milk. You'll do all the technical stuff. I'll just eat the biscuits. Obviously, I had to buy a packet of each of the biscuits to make absolutely sure which ones were my favourites. Hang on a second. I thought you'd just come up with this question today. Have you eaten all the biscuits? I'm feeling a bit bloated, but we're okay. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of the wonky cat? He'll look twice than any cat around. Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper. The wonky Hey Kipper, how are you doing? 
You are known as being a very wise cat who has always given us advice. <coughs> Humans have some great sayings which we call proverbs. And I wonder whether you, being as wise as you are, could improve them. <coughs> Shall we give it a go? <coughs> Today's proverb is, people living in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. <coughs> yes, I know you like sleeping in the greenhouse. Yes, I'm also aware you've boycotted the neighbour's greenhouse because he offended you. Well, he thought you were a pregnant girl cat nesting under his potting table. It did motivate you to lose some weight though, didn't it? Kipper, how would you rewrite the proverb people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones? Well, there you have it, folks. Cats sleeping in glass houses are not always nesting queens. They may be just fat boy cats. That's catchy. Thanks, Kipper. See you next week. It's time for Stacy's Medical Madness. I want to tell you the story of a man who had a seizure every time he did a Sudoku puzzle. It's not one of those urban myths, is it? This is true. Back in 2010, there was this young chap living in Germany. He was studying in university. He went on a skiing holiday. And while he was there, he got unfortunately got caught in an avalanche. Okay. And he was stuck under the snow for a long time. And his brain was deprived of oxygen for 15 minutes. And then he got out and, you know, had a few cuts and bruises and whatever. But otherwise made a good recovery. Then fast forward to a month later, he's having a relax at home and uh, doing a Sudoku puzzle and he suddenly has a seizure. Right. And the doctors can't quite work out what's going on. And then every time he tries to do a Sudoku puzzle, he has another seizure and um, they worked out that the Sudoku puzzles were setting him off because his brain was getting overexcited by trying to arrange the numbers you know how some people with epilepsy can't look at flashing lights because the flashing lights overwhelm certain parts of their brain? Yes. This was acting in the same way. So this, his sort of visual spatial sort of part of his brain that orders the Sudoku puzzle was getting overwhelmed because that's the part that was deprived of oxygen when he was stuck in the avalanche. No, that's interesting because... I've just been watching a programme on the BBC and uh, this woman had half of her brain removed. I couldn't imagine it. And now, apart from she's got some weakness in her hand and her leg, she's perfectly okay. That's crazy. She's got married, she's had a child, she teaches, but with half a brain. How, how does that happen? I don't know. That is, like, amazing. Yeah. Apparently, she was very young, only two or three, when they took the half of her brain out because she was having so many fits. Mm. And they think that the brain has rewired itself because she was so young. The brain's very plastic. The human body's just amazing. Apart from that being amazing, I've sort of got to thinking, Stacey. Yeah. What about if somebody could live perfectly well with half a brain, is it possible to transplant the other half of a brain into somebody else who's possibly brain damaged and their brain wire up to the new bit? Oh, I'm sure there have been plenty of attempts at 
brain transplants, not necessarily in humans, but yeah, I'm sure they've been doing it in monkeys and rabbits and rats and mice. Does the person who's had the new half of the brain then become the person whose half of the brain it was? So, in effect, they are not having a brain transplant. The half of brain is having a a full body transplant because if you really are your brain and that's what makes you you then the body is just the shell and the brain is the thing that is not transplanted i think this is the plot of a horror movie (laughs) someone gets half the brain and it's half a brain of a serial killer so whose body do you want to be transplanted into angelina jolie no question no question If you have any interesting medical cases, then let us know and we can mention them on the show. Just get in touch with us on Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod or follow us on Facebook. And you can even email us at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com. So you know, Stacey, I've got some magazines to look at, like Red and Cosmopolitan and Hello, just to get me up to speed on what people are talking about recently. And uh, I don't quite remember which magazine it was, but it says that... uh, Penetrative sex is now out of fashion. It's on the decrease. Penetrative sex? Yes. And that's just for spring, summer, is it? (laughs) Well, it's nice to see that for once I'm on trend. (laughs) The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. Please alight here for Stacey's commuter tale. So, Mum, as you know... Every day I commute between Reading and London. Yeah. And in fact, I started a a Twitter account a couple of years ago telling people all about the annoying, weird, wacky things and people that I encounter on my uh, everyday adventures. If anyone wants to follow me directly, I'm at Commute Club on Twitter. So this week on the train, I saw something which I've never actually seen happen before, especially in the morning. Uh, The previous train was severely delayed, so there were lots of people waiting on the platform. Yeah. Uh, There was one seat left empty in the middle of the carriage, and I could see an older lady, she was probably about 60 years old, come charging down the aisle one way, and a younger woman speeding from the other direction. They both got to the seat at the same time. The older woman pushed the young woman out of the way. (laughs) Oh, goodness. She physically pushed her away from the seat and hissed, It's mine. Commuting is a dangerous business. I'm lucky to get to work in one piece. This is about it. It's time we went. I've um, very much enjoyed doing our podcast. This is like our first really real podcast. I've become a podcast addict and now I'm actually a podcaster in a very short space of time. Well, thank you for agreeing to do a podcast with me. And since I've started promoting the podcast on Twitter, I've had a lot of great support from some other podcasts. If you are looking for some good podcasts, I would advise you to search for the hashtag Podden Family or Tripod. That's T R Y P O D, because there are some really great podcasts out there that 
maybe don't get such high ratings on iTunes, but still very listenable. And don't forget, if you want to make any comments about the programme, I don't care if it's positive or negative, just to know that somebody was out there, that would be lovely. Yeah, so just search for Rough Draft Podcast on Facebook and follow us there. And we've got Twitter, so you can tweet us on Twitter. What's the address for that? It's at Rough Draft Pod, so please follow us. It'd be great to hear from you. And if you have something to say that's going to take more than 140 characters, then you're more than welcome to send us an email. And our email address is roughdraftpodcast at gmail.com. This is where I leave you and go back to my life with Belle the Lovely Dog. And I shall talk to you again next week. It's been very enjoyable. I think I should do a podcast with each of my children to ensure that I talk to them at least for one hour a week. (laughs) This is your way of telling me that I've been replaced already. (laughs) Um, I'm saying nothing. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad. With Mum in the bungalow and Stacy at home Send us your stories on your smartphone And then everybody won't feel so alone The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast